We learned so far that because the week of Noah is the first work of actual activity in the world, it's a pivotal week. It has a general um, power for the entire year. And that's why this Shabbos is a time to make an accounting to see if where we wanted to go on Shabbos Bereshus is a place that we actually did go. And we discussed yesterday the appropriate way of making a uh, counting, spiritual counting on yourself, and how the different methods, and the conclusion is try to, when in your spiritual counting, you should endeavor to be the way you dream you can be, and therefore focus on the details of how to get there. In other words, it shouldn't be about the details and the minutiae only. It shouldn't be about you just skyrocketing to some other zone where, where the issues do not exist. Rather, you should go to that zone, and in order to go, and, and because you're trying to connect to your best self, automatically you are going to upgrade the details with it. You're focusing on the details also with the intent of getting somewhere. So on that note, we went into the discussion about where the Jewish people are in general in history, and the a spiritual counting of where we are, period, vis-a-vis uh, the coming of Mashiach. And based upon all of the merits of the Jewish people throughout the time of the exile, it's clear that we are deserving and should expect the coming of Mashiach. And despite the fact that uh, we all know personally that we have issues to work on, that doesn't take away from the Jewish people being ready for the coming of Mashiach. And it's analogous to a person who is uh, completely healthy, and he has just one little, um, uh, he has one, 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 one tiny issue and one limb in his body, and just needs to heal that little issue, but the, the person in general is, is ready. So, um, and therefore, because we are ready for the coming of Mashiach, so the Rebbe says that um, understanding should lead us to be especially careful about the way we do Kiddush Levana. Kiddush Levana has a direct relationship to, to the theme of this spiritual counting. Why? Hashem promised Noach in this historic portion that day and night in the world will always continue, that the moon and the sun will follow the path that God set out before them. And as we say in the blessing of Kiddush Levana, you gave them a choik, a rule, and a zman and a time. The rule refers to the fact that God allotted the sun to serve during the daytime, and the time, and the moon during the nighttime, and the time refers to the specific orbit of the sun and the moon, that the sun's orbit is in 365 and a quarter days, and the moon's orbit is in 29 days, 12 hours, and 793 uh, chalakim. Uh, this renewal of the moon works in the following way. It's not just that the moon um, uh, just suddenly appears fully at the beginning of the month, rather the moon is constantly changing. So the blessing of the moon is about the renewal of the moon after it is completely hidden, and now it appears after it, it's... Um, being completely uh, unvisible. 
So what's so good about this? Why is this especially related to the coming of Mashiach? The Gemara says that anyone who says a bracha on the moon is like they received the Shekhinah. Why is it like receiving? It's if you, you visited the Divine Presence. Why? Because, as we say in Kishavana, we say if the Jewish people had a merit to um, see their Father in Heaven once a month, um, that's what we're doing in Kishavana. We're, so to speak, seeing our Father in Heaven once a month in a special occasion. And therefore, we should recite it standing. That's what you say. We, recite, we say those words of Kishavana, extolling the value of saying Kishavana, like meeting the Shekhinah, like meeting our Father. Why is it so special? Why is it like meeting Hashem? Because during the time of exile, we do not see the Divine Presence. But the renewal of the, of the moon is, symbolizes how just like the moon has renewed, so too the Jewish people who counter calendar according to the moon, they will also renew. And that, therefore we uh, make a bracha about the renewal of the moon because that indicates how we will also be renewed as a people. We will also merit to see our Father in heaven. We're, we're sort of like attending an event of our wedding, says the tour on the Ramah, on the, the time of the renewal of the moon, because um, it, when Mashiach comes with the marriage of the Jewish people and Hashem, and the moon's renewal indicates this will happen. So we're like looking at a sign of the coming of Mashiach. We're looking at a sign that we will be reunited with Hashem. And therefore, just like at a wedding, you're supposed to dance, so too we're supposed to dance when the moon is renewed because we're looking at a picture of, of really our own renewal, of our meeting the Shekhinah, of our being face-to-face with Hashem. It's a sign of, of, the, of how God will reveal himself from the com- of, with the coming of Mashiach. So that's the simple meaning of why the moon's renewal is associated with the coming of Mashiach. But that's, it gets deeper. The moon and the sun are compared to the divine energy that animates creation. The ten utterances that God used to create the world are associated with the moon. And just like utterances, just like words, are animated by the feelings and the thoughts you have in them, so too the sun represents the divine energy that animates the ten utterances. So for example, on the day one of creation, when God says, let there be light, those are the words that God, that God is using. What's the energy of that day? The energy of the day one of creation is chesed, God's, God's kindness. So there's the energy of the word and there's the word itself. The creation on day one, because day one is associated with kindness, our creation is associated, associated with kindness. So God, God made water and God made light because those crea- creations are associated with um, chesed. So the revelation of God in the energy that animates the world has changes. It doesn't, it's not, it's not, it's not a, a um, it's not symmetrical. The revelation that goes into the um, world and the revelation that is higher than the world. There is a tzimtzum, there is a contraction. There is something that we receive from the godly energy be higher than the ten utterances, and there's something that we're not receiving. Just like the sun shines in the moon, and there's a constant change of what the sun is giving to the moon, and how the moon is, is receiving from the sun, so too there's a constant change, it's not in, in the symmetry of the light that, of, of God's higher revelations, and the revelation that we receive, the revelation of the moon, the revelation 
uh, that, that goes in the world. The reason why we compare God's words with the moon is because just like the moon receives the light from the sun, so to the utterances that God uses to create the world, they those words of Hashem, they aren't really a new energy. Words are just a means of communicating to someone else. Words don't have their words aren't about a new energy, they're just about communication. Words only receive the energy that you put into them, the intellect and the feelings that you are using to communicate. So the sun is analogous to the higher godly energy, and the moon is analogous to the energy which is within creation. So when Mashiach will come, it's, it says that there will be the perfect union between the sun and the moon, meaning the, the perfect union between the light of God that is above creation and the light of God that is in creation. And therefore, in the world itself, in the physical reality, there will be a, the revelation of the higher godly revelation that's beyond the words of God. That's why when Mashiach will come, the moon will always be full. The, the moon will not diminish anymore. In the language of Hasidus, the moon is like the name, the diminishment of the moon, the moon becoming smaller, is associated with the name Elohim, God's contraction. And the sun's light is compared to Yudke Vavke, God's revelation. So th- there is a time when God tells us that the moon has to get smaller. There's a time when God tells us it's time to go into exile. And I want you to, in exile, to do mitzvahs, mantor, and Torah. And the moon is not going to be fully shining. It's not going to be a full revelation. But the purpose of this concealment of godliness in the time of exile is only in order that we should receive the full light of God with the coming of Mashiach. So the renewal of the moon in Kiddush Lavana is analogous to the full revelation of Yudke Vavke into Shem Elohim, that in the world, the lowest of all worlds, in a place of a contraction of godliness, in the place of Shem Elohim, there there should be the revelation of Yudke which not only Yudke Vavke, uh, has many different, um, as we learned before, Yudke um, has many different levels of, what, of which divine reality it is um, representing. As we learned before, that at the conclusion of Yom Kippur, we say Hashem is Elohim seven times. Why are we saying that? Compared to a higher revelation, the previous revelation is considered like, a, like an Elohim, like a concealment. Compared to even higher revelation, this new revelation is also considered like a concealment. And so, since on the conclusion of Yom Kippur, we are experiencing higher and higher revelation as we accompany the Shekhinah back to its divine source, so, therefore, we talk about, uh, we say again, Hashem is Elohim, in compared to what it was before. Hashem is Elohim, therefore, has two meanings. One meaning of Hashem is Elohim is that in Elohim, in the place of the concealment, in the, in the world, in this world that is the lowest vis-a-vis its, its a revelation of godliness, in the lowest of all worlds, there is a revelation of Yudkei Vavkei, there's a revelation of, of, the, of the truth of Hashem. So this, the, the place, the concealment, receives a full revelation of godliness. That's one meaning of Havayu Elohim. And there's another meaning that not only is there a revelation of Yudkei Vavkei, but in comparison to the revelation that God will give us, Mashiach will come, what we call today revelation, that's just a contraction. So Kiddush Lavana, when we're celebrating the um, renewal of the moon, what we're really celebrating is the revelation of Yudkei Vavkei, the revelation of, of the infinite light of Hashem in the world. 
It's not only that the moon renews, and therefore we celebrate it because it's the sign of our renewal. Rather, the actual renewal of the moon is representation of the kind of revelation becoming Mashiach. The renewal of the moon is the revelation of the infinite light of Hashem in the, in the world, in the place of, of concealment. So the moon gets smaller. There is a concealment of Galenus. The purpose of the concealment of the moon is in order for there to be the greatest revelation of the coming of Mashiach, so that there should be Noach. As we went earlier, Noach means that there should be tranquility, there should be the coming of Mashiach, that God's desire of having a home in the lowest realm should be fulfilled. And we achieve this in the place of the, um, the concealment of the moon, in the place of, of the concealment of Galenus. Elsewhere, Chassidus talks about how God says the purpose of the sacrifice the Korban Tammid, I think. Yeah. Is, is the purpose of the sacrifice, God says, is bring a, an atonement for me because I made the moon smaller. Why does God need an atonement for making the moon smaller? What does that mean? So this explains that in the moon becoming smaller, there is a reflection again of the tzimtzum, the concealment of Galenus. So that a Jew is experiencing challenge in a way that causes him to, uh, to fail, has to show. So the purpose of being in, in a place of f- where you can uh, fail, a place of concealment, is by divine design to bring about the revelation of the, the coming Mashiach, which, represents, which is represented by the full light of the moon. Okay, so if we've come to a conclusion that, we have come to a conclusion, that the coming Mashiach is necessary and it's meant to come and everything that's needed for Mashiach to come is, is already there. So the focus should be therefore, it says, on on the celebrating the renewal of the moon. Because the renewal of the moon, again, is about the renewal of the Jewish people. It's about the coming of Mashiach. What does it mean to be careful about um, reciting Kiddush Levana? So before we go into what it means practically, let's go to a few more details about the actual way we recite Kiddush Levana how this reflects the coming of Mashiach. Kedesh Havana, we say, Dav Melchizor Ha'ibakayim, we say, Shalom Aleichem, what are those things doing in the middle of Kedesh Havana? We're talking about the renewal of the moon, so we say a blessing with the renewal of the moon. Why are we saying Shalom Aleichem? Why are you talking about Dav Melchizor Ha'ibakayim? How King David will always live and his sovereignty will always reign. So we know, now we understand about King, King David because the moon's renewal is about the coming of Mashiach. It's about how King David and his progeny will always reign. And this will, this will be realized in the coming of Mashiach, which is represented by the renewal of the moon. That we understand. But the Shalom Aleichem, why three times Shalom Aleichem? So Rabbi Yitzchak, Rabbi's father, explains that the first time we say Shalom Aleichem, we're talking about a revelation of godliness into Malchus, into the divine energy in creation. The second time we're talking about the elevation of Malchus, the elevation of the moon, of the sphere, of the energy of Hashem in creation, to receive revelation from higher than creation, about the moon being elevated towards it, towards the sun, about the energy of, of, the, of the ten utterances being elevated towards their divine source. And the third time we say Shalom Aleichem, we're talking about the fusion, the convergence of these two energies, of, there's an advantage in both, there's an advantage of the divine revelation, the advantage of when the world is elevated and the moon is elevated to receive it. As Chassidus talks about how um, when there's revelation from above, so it's inspiring, but it's not, it's not something that you can internalize. When, there's something, when we elevate ourselves, 
So then we can only reach so far. We can receive a higher kind of revelation. And the perfection of the coming of Mashiach is when there's a convergence of both energies represented by the third time we say Shalom Aleichem. So, so that's, the, um, that's the spiritual meaning of it. Now, what do we have to do practically? Practically, the Rebbe says we should wear um, important clothing and we should go outside and do Kiddush Havana. Um, even those places which weren't so careful till now do Kiddush Havana because you live in, among, among Gentiles. But nevertheless, they should go out on the street and do Kiddush Havana. And they should be careful also not just to wear important clothing, but also be careful about the time that they say Kirshavana. There are different customs about when you're supposed to say Kirshavana. So there is a custom of saying it after Shabbos, there's a custom of saying it after seven days, as long as the seventh day of the month, the seventh day of the Mailud, is before the tenth day. But, but if it's after the tenth day, then you're not supposed to wait till after Shabbos because it's possible that there could be two or three or four days of, um, of, there, being, of there being cloudy. And uh, depending on which country you live in, like the, the Samach Tzedek wasn't always careful to um, wait for, although according to Kabbalah, he's supposed to wait to the seventh day, but it says that Samach Tzedek uh, wasn't careful to wait sometimes because of the season, that it, it, w- it wouldn't be possible to do Kiddush Levana, uh later on in the month. But every place should go according to its custom, the best way for that place to do Kiddush Levana, before Shabbos, after Shabbos, early in the month, later in the month. Um, the Rebbe said this talk on the 4th of Cheshvan, and, and, and the note over here, it says that um, there, there is, there is there, it's possible for those customs who do not wait for seven days to do right away on, on this coming month of Shabbos, uh, like, like this year, which, which is the 4th of the month. Anyways, the main thing is, another main thing is, the Kiddush Shabbat should be done with a special intent, that we're trying to speed in the coming of Mashiach, and we're asking Hashem, Hashem as we say in Tishavana, Jewish people should seek out God and David their king. That's the uh, theme of Tishavana, we're asking for the coming of Mashiach. Never concluded from Rangan and said practically we should merit that as we read in, in Parshish Lachacha, in Mincha, the Shabbos, Hashem t- tells us it's time to go to Eretz Yisrael, it's time to come to the coming of Mashiach, and there when Mashiach will come, we will bring the karbonus and we merit to see the Shekhinah and we will merit, as it says in the Torah, to see Elohim, or as another verse says, we will merit to see Havaya, we merit to see Revelation of Galenus, and then the conclusion of the Fabreng, and Nebuchadnezzar said, as we say, uh, the, we talk about the union of the Revelation, in the prayer of Ne'il and Yom Kippur, and Nebuchadnezzar concluded by saying Shema Yisrael, and then he said Baruch Shem three times, and seven times Hashem Elohim, and concluded with Hashanah Abba, Yushalayim. We see this happen not just next year, as the previous I've said, not until next year, but today Mashiach comes automatically next year, we'll be there. Coming Mashiach. Machaim, Machaim. So tomorrow night we should or shouldn't do Kiddushavana? No. We don't have to worry about the Mishavana in this, 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 uh, in this, this. Shkreach, Shkreach, Shabbos. Shabbos.